Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. All of the action. All the latest news from the pits and paddock. Informed comment and analysis. There is only one authority on endurance racing. And one place to listen. RadioLeMans.com. Hello everybody and welcome along to live coverage of the 24 Hours of Barcelona. It's the Hankook 24-hour series for 2015, part of the FIA International Endurance Series uh, with Creventic doing the organising. I'm John Hindorf, nice to have your company this Friday afternoon. You join us uh, just on a quarter past four uh, in the afternoon here in Europe uh, as we look down on the circuit to Catalonia, Formula One venue, of course, I can tell you, it's wetter than a bank holiday Monday back in Britain at the moment. The weather has just closed in a tad earlier than forecast. It was forecast for around about five o'clock this afternoon. Uh, nevertheless, we have free practice one coming up in just a few moments' time. And it's all live here on RadioLamont.com. Hancock International Endurance Series on RadioLeMond.com. And it's a very good afternoon to my co-presenters in our booth overlooking the start finish line. Uh, Paul Trustwell will hear from in just a moment. But first of all, hello, Martin Haven. Hello, John Hindhoff. Yes, you see, I'd already done that. <laughs> Get used to that. Uh, not the weather we'd had expected. We had a little bit of rain early in the week. It's just. Uh, uh, started raining again. Actually, I've just seen one of the Seat new Super Corpus come out of the fueling area, leaving a huge trail of something behind it as it went out. Uh, we'll try and get. Uh, well, let's shit. hope that's fuel, because if that's oil, he's going to stop about a quarter of a way around the track. It's a, as you say, a snail trail, a foot wide, foot and a half wide, yeah, at least. And, and not broken in any way. And because the tarmac is wet, you can see it glistening in its little rainbow colour, or you could if there was sun. Um, you know, that's right away from the fuel pump. And in fact, there is a fuel spillage down which they ah. are clearing up by the pump. Four standard gas station petrol pumps and one diesel pump uh, arranged about two car lengths apart from each other in a semicircle uh, just before you actually get to the pit control building. So you can come into the pit lane and swerve off into what would be Park Ferme. Um, were it not full of petrol pumps and they are putting down some quick dry in the refueling area uh, Paul Trustwell is the third member of the booth team he is uh, sitting off to our left and slightly behind in the mobile version of the walking data centre good afternoon Paul good afternoon John um, yeah shame about the weather apart from that uh, lovely to be here and um, I'm, I'm excited for this I'm up for it um, I think um the, there's something about a Creventic event that, I don't know, it's just, I won't say the easy, because it's never easy, but... It's relaxed. Things are done to make things easier. 
who um, put it that way. And and I do love it. We'll talk about that actually in a little while because Martin, Shea, and I had a meeting um, with the organisers this morning, and I'd, I'd be interested to hear Martin's take on that. I suspect it's not what he's used to. And I mentioned Shea Adam, who is our pit lane reporter for this first session. Good afternoon, Shea. Good afternoon, John. Is it afternoon? I'm not sure. I've got to. <laughs> Uh, I've uh, got to uh, say that you have got the short straw because it is a little bit damp at the moment. What was the uh, what was the fluid that is down in the pit lane? Uh, it was definitely fuel. I ran out to the middle of the pit lane through a little tiny spattering of rain that's coming down right now, but it was fuel. Very distinct smell. So uh, he just went back to his pit box, and I'll try and make sure that it was nothing else, but should be okay. Thanks, Shea. Shea Adam down there in the pit lane for us this afternoon. Uh, Martin, we have spent many hours as the uh, Colin White car comes out on the pit lane. That's the 178 Janetta coming out in its uh, resplendent, in its as of a black, uh, black livery, or mainly black livery. Uh, many hours talking about um, series that do things well, series that don't do seri- uh, things very well, and you feel a bit of an afterthought as a, a commentator. Um, between us, we've uh, been around the block quite a bit. Sitting in this morning with the uh, team from Creventic um, is, I think, or was at least, a little bit of an eye-opener for you. Yeah, it, in a way where so many times you, you interact with a business of any kind and you think, oh, this would be so much better if they just did this or that or the other. Uh, And sometimes you walk away going, well, frankly, if I can see the problems with this business, then really they need to be doing a lot better. Well, it seems to me that the people that run this championship have looked at other championships and gone, so we really, we could do a better job than that. And they are out there doing a better Mm. job than that. And from our our point of view, you're absolutely right. Normally... um, the very last thought after what's for dinner when you're organising a championship is, oh, yeah, who are we going to get to talk about it? Um, and, and it's that level of commitment to 50% of your programming, which is the audio as opposed to just the pictures, that, um, that is indicati- indicative of, of most championships not really putting all that much effort into how they're seen from the outside world. But Creventic here, I mean, we've... This is something that they must stop because otherwise I'll start demanding it from other people who won't give it to you. Is give you a commentator's information pack. Mm. You, you, don't, you don't get that in Formula One. Never mind any other championships. <laughs> uh, we haven't haven't had a cold shoulder yet. You had a, a, a rather warm leg of lamb at lunch. Yes, it was yeah, very no, nice. No cold shoulders at all. And so that's the other thing we get looked after very well in in every sense of the word. For those of you perhaps who aren't uh, familiar with the Kravenic. Hankook International Series. This is an FIA-sanctioned series, has been for the first time this year. It started off life, I suppose, as a number of individual events, and then they were loosely grouped together. Uh, and at the start of, or the back end of last year, starting with the Hankook 24 uh, Hours of Dubai in January, uh, an event that we've been involved in for, for quite some time here at Radio Show Limited uh, and RadioLamont.com. That was the inaugural round of this brand new FIA International Endurance Series, the IES. Uh, And therefore, you'll hear us talking about class and championship positions. The classes are legion here. This is very much a, if you bring it, we'll probably find somewhere to put it kind of attitude. 
that said, that sounds like it's rather laissez-faire and anything goes. Yes and no, because there's a little bit more goes into it than that. Lap times, performance, potential within the classes. It's not unheard of, and you'll know this if you've listened to our coverage before, to have cars change classes before we get to the main event, the race, because the organisers in conjunction with the teams think I think you're probably a little bit too quick for this class or maybe you need to drop down to that class Uh, we have had some practice this week as well but it's not been mandatory this session coming up in uh, about five minutes time five or six minutes time is the first official session Paul yeah difference between free practice and private practice which is what we had earlier on it was effectively a promoter test session I I I think the the, the key thing to it which I sense coming through with the whole of the Creventic series is that it is put on in order for people who want to go racing to go racing um and and that that sounds like a pretty daft thing to say but it is not put on in order to get fans in through the gate if you haven't been in the area of barcelona there's no tickets this weekend you just come in Uh, Mm. the gates are open you can't get into the paddock there's there's restrictions into the secure areas um but there's no there's no uh, admission as such there's no admission as such that you buy 24 hours i'm not quite sure what happens at zandvoort but um and, and i think it if you want to come along and watch it then you can do but that's not the purpose why the races why the races happen the races happen because people want to race um and that is also impressed very uh, strongly on the professional drivers during drivers' briefings. They are told, look, you are here in order that the gentleman drivers who are paying for it can go racing. Mm. And, and I think that's absolutely crucial. There's a bit in the regulation somewhere where it says this is all about having respect uh, for one another uh, and, and for doing it as a, as a means of enjoying yourself rather than as a business. That is very true. That's something, I think, uh, a point that we will come back to at various times over uh, the weekend. We have got qualifying this evening. That's going to make life very interesting out there. We'll give you more on the vagaries of the class system. Um, that's out on the track, not necessarily the socioeconomic uh, version of that in the UK when we get underway. We're less than five minutes away from Green Flag for the first official session. So what about this circuit? Probably doesn't jump straight to your mind as a classic enduring circuit. Well, Joe Bradley and I were out on the track earlier this week to take a lap of the Formula One version of the circuit to Catalonia. So the circuit to Catalonia, Barcelona as we know it, coming down the start-finish straight. It's a long start-finish straight that has a a little bit of a a rise just as the pit lane joins it from our right-hand side. First corner, in fact, it's two corners. It's a right-left complex. Very long pit lane exit with a hard, solid white line there. Breaking around about the 100, board down a couple of gears. You've got to just turn in slightly late here because the second part, the left-hander, is really important and don't drift too far to the right here because there's a right-hander coming which seems to go on forever and you need to get into the corner but not too early and then start to wind the lock off as you just start climbing up the hill there's a pedestrian bridge and an exit curb that is way further around the corner than you actually think long right-hander coming up position the car on the left-hand side of the road get into the apex the center of the corner 
exit towards the left or the middle of the road because there's a little downhill braking area coming up to another 180 degree corner this time to the left hand side the camber doesn't help you in the first part of the corner you just come up over a rise there and you really have to get the nose of the car turned in nicely left kink which you completely and utterly forget about maybe trace across to the left just slightly but stay across to the right braking in a straight line for the uphill left-hander that comes next and that is a left right kink and this is all very quick indeed as you're starting to climb up the hill to a 90 right which in the sort of cars that we're driving here doesn't require any kind of braking you turn the car in maybe just use a little bit of curb on the inside lots of runoff on the outside the red and white curbs and then a little bit of astroturf gently track across to the right hand side of the road to the slowest corner on the track as we heading towards the last third of the lap it's a left hander down through the gearbox bit of a late turn in and let the car breathe immediately onto the rumble strip and build up your speed as you start to set up for the little chicane it's uphill don't drop the left hand wheels over the left hand part because there is a curb there that could do damage to your tires when you come back on again late apex for the long right hander Another brow over the top of a hill down into the chicane. This is the newer version of the circuit. You used to go straight on there and round a very fast right-hander. So it's right, left, and then take the curb on the right, but watch the sausage curb on the inside, and then immediately start building up speed for the long right-hander back onto the start-finish line. Let the car drift all the way out to the exit, and there you have a lap as we come down I, in my mind's eye I see the chequered flag I've won yeah it's never going to happen though isn't it that was Barcelona and the circuit to Catalonia so that was Joe Bradley and I uh, earlier on this week in very different conditions to what we have now the rain continues to just drizzle a little bit let's head down into the pit lane we can crown champions this weekend an overall victory uh, will be enough for Ram Racing, whatever anybody else does. If they come to further down, then it's if, then, but, maybe, and we've got to get the slide rules out. Shea Adam is down at the Ram Racing pit. They're feeling uh, pretty good about their chances of that too this week, John. Of course, nobody wants to be superstitious and come out and say, yeah, we've got this. But with Jerome Leekmullen so far as one of the slower drivers in their car, they're pretty happy. Jerome, who was half a second off the pace of Tom Onzo Cole unofficially in the free practice they had yesterday in the open test session, they think that maybe once they get Jerome up to speed, which is not something you very often say, they'll be okay. And, of course, with this wet track conditions, who are they sending out first in the car but Jerome? And the other part of this is none of the other drivers are even hanging out in the garage area, so they're planning to leave him out there for quite some time. Yeah, Jerome added to that squad uh, relatively late on, uh, Paul, uh, in terms of the drivers. That uh, news came through that the 30 car would have... Uh, Jerome uh, to join Paul White, Thomas Yeager and Tom Onslow call. It's it's not a bad hire, is it? Let's be honest. It's an interesting one because they, they've taken Adam Christodoulou out of the car and put Jerome Blake Merlin into the car. Um, and uh, depending whose uh, rating you use, the FIA actually rates uh, Blake Merlin higher than uh, uh, Doolu, So they've uh, certainly improved that car uh, for as far as the FIA is concerned. Uh, a 155.22 was the time set this morning by Tom Onslow Cole, Cole at the wheel of uh, that Ram Racing Mercedes, which 
just to pick up on one thing that you did say, John, uh, it leads the class A6 in the championship. Yes. It doesn't actually lead the overall championship, although that is led at the moment by a team who's not here this weekend, which is Bonk Motorsport. So uh, it is more than likely that they will take the championship lead as a result of the this race running through to its conclusion, although that's a dangerous thing to say with 24 hours of racing ahead. <laughs> but it's unlikely that they'll be able to clinch the overall championship uh, this weekend, um, as there is still a further round to come after uh, this weekend. Although this weekend, being a 24-hour race, it scores 30 points, whereas Bruno at the end of the season only scores 20 points. Because it's a 12. Because hours. it's a 12-hour race. Um, but that's all beginning to get very complicated, and we'll do that in the depths of the morning when there's um, a little bit more to uh, <laughs> a little bit more will become clear uh, because more things will have happened as far as the race is concerned. We've got a green flag. We do indeed have a green flag. Uh, cars are going out onto the circuit and I have to say I'm woefully inadequately prepared and have to go scrambling for the binoculars in the uh, haversack uh, behind me. No pictures for this session uh, but we will be live in sound and vision for most of the rest of the weekend. For those of you in Europe there's some Mortis TV slots as well. Saturday half 11 UK to just before 3 and then half 8 in the evening till half 10 and then Sunday morning 9 in the morning till uh, about half an hour, 40 minutes after the chequered flag. So we'll get a little bit of the excitement of the podium. No Nick Damon this weekend. He's on RC Racing duties and real life intervening uh, for Nick. So we're splitting Nick's duties between Shea Adam, who you've already heard, and Joe Bradley, uh, who you will hear later on. Just to signpost ahead qualifying will start at five o'clock uk time uh with uh, the lower classes uh sorry with the top classes sp2 997 and a6 uh, and then it's six o'clock uk for everybody except those three classes that i just mentioned i hear racing engines out on the circuit and there's a decent train of cars slipping and sliding finding their grip one of the issues earlier this week martin was that in the early test sessions and there were a, a number of them the exceptionally high temperatures that we had earlier on in the week was uh, causing a little bit of consternation because the grip level on the circuit was down therefore the tires were working a bit harder these hankook tires are very durable but that means they leave stuff offline uh, and the the track cleanup was uh, was quite important now we've got wet it's going to be really difficult for the first few laps out there yeah if they thought it was slippery when it was hot and dry it's going to be just a slippery band John, did you copy that? so everybody being very tense we know there were a few cars who had incidents there was contact there was visits to the scenery during the paid training um, so there are teams already who have gone through a number of spares in fact we were hearing that one of the teams one of the SEATs uh, had a crash and was perhaps expected not to compete but they've been able to repair the car in time to go out in this first official time session but at the moment after it was a, not a very long range hour but enough to leave everything completely wet uh, it is very tippy toe and, and a couple of places on the track there's a degree of spray as well so there are still some pretty wet patches one of the things about this track is that it does dry relatively quickly and so hopefully that is what's going to happen during this session there's not much wind but there's certainly no more rain 
Let's uh, head down to the pit lane where Shea Adam has Tom Onslow call. Tom, we were just talking about the track conditions. Uh, it was a bit slippy earlier, but now it wouldn't even help. So what sort of things is Jerome having to remember to uh, keep a hold of that Mercedes SLS? Yeah, I mean, the conditions have really thrown a spanner in the works. We've been working for uh, a day and a half on perfecting everything in the dry, ready for qualifying and the race. Uh, and this has really changed things. Um, we're actually not doing too much in this session. Our weather uh, systems tell us it's going to be dry for the race. So we are getting a couple of laps each experience. We're going to roll through the fuel station, make sure that we've got everything right procedurally. And for, for us, this is, um, this is really not about the speed of the car in the wet. So what's the plan for qualifying then? Well, first of all, we're going to hope it's dry um, because that's what we've definitely been working towards. If it's, if it's not, if it's wet, we're unprepared. Um, but so is everyone else, I think. You know, we've all had the same running, so um, we're going to do what we know. We had some wet running with this car at Zandvoort. We'll, we'll use what we learned there and um, hopefully uh, be there or thereabouts. But, you know, with a 24-hour race, you only need to be in, you know, in that kind of top maybe three or four positions will be nice. Um, and we'll we go from there. A lot of similar cars in the field to yours. Is that an advantage or a disadvantage? Um, probably a disadvantage, you know, we, we have uh, certain strengths with the Mercedes SLS, but so do more than half of our competitors in our class. Um, so you end up playing uh, a very similar strategy in a very similar game. Um, you know, some of the strengths of the other cars are, are very good. The Porsche, for example, this year, we've always seen it going quite a bit longer than us on fuel um, and it has more opportunity then to pit under a code 60 so strategically that seems to be very strong um, but we're trying to do certain things to make that work in work in our favor but I think today it is about qualifying you know we'd like to put it on pole you know we'd like the glory of it but it's you know it's not important for our championship best of luck to you today and even more important tomorrow on the race Exactly, yeah. I think uh, tomorrow the race is what counts. You know, we're trying to wrap up the championship here, so uh, hopefully no mistakes. No mistakes. That's a plan for him racing. That's uh, Tom Onzo call talking to Shea Adam down in the pit lane. We're live on RadioLamont.com. It is the first free practice session. Indeed, the only free practice session, official session, uh, for the Hankook 24 Hours of Barcelona. Martin Haven. Uh, while you're listening along, if you want to pick and choose who you follow during the race, if you have particular favourites or class favourites, if your other halves are here and competing, you might want to go to 24hseries.com and uh, click on the live timing link, since you're already attached to a laptop in some way, shape or form, or a computer. Uh, and that will be running all the way through, not just this session, but of course all the way through the race as well. And you'll be able to follow the information there and also look at the live streaming too when that is up and about. So uh, 24hseries.com. Jerome Blake and Morland setting the pace at the moment with a 2 minutes 10 flat in that number 30 SLS of Ram Racing. It's in second place at the moment. The seven car has just come through. Daniel Alleman in the HP, HP Racing team, Herbert Porsche. 997. Now that's a 997 that's in the uh, A6 category. Next up is the 17 car, which is a 997 class car, which has just been dumped down in position by the number two HP Racing 
uh, Mercedes-Benz and at the wheel of that uh, at the moment Reinhard Kaufmann yes well done Martin the, the classes are legion here we've got two diesel classes first time we've had these classes this season good to have the diesel cars back D1 is up to 2 litres and D2 2 to 3 litres the touring car petrol classes uh, start at class A1 and go to class cup well A5 are really going up from 1600 to 3.5 litres uh, roughly in uh, 500 cc stages although there's a a3t in there unsurprisingly that is um, turbocharged and supercharged cars uh, and eventually we get the way five which are the big bangers up to three and a half liters cup one is specifically for the bmw m235 racing cup cars they're a little twin turbo three liter car the bmw put together what last year year before now very successful um, mainly for vln racing actually and their own category uh, and they are their own class here. The special cars, you'll hear us talk about SP2, SP3 and SP4. I'm not sure there's any SP4 cars this weekend. That's the hybrid sec uh, section. SP3, uh, mainly GT4 cars, um, but also cars that don't fit anywhere else. And SP2 are silhouette cars mainly that just don't fit into any other class. The Mark Fords and the... Mazda with the V8s in the space frame chassis fit into there and then the GT cars 996 and 997 cup cars have their own category although we're all in 997 this weekend um, the 997 you also can have 991s I know it's complicated but basically they're Porsche classes A6 is GT3 cars uh, will not bother you at the moment with GT AM uh, and GT uh, Pro because here it is all going to be categorised at least as just class A6 there's no Pro and Amp uh, there's a slightly different balance of performance between the cars but they'll all run in one category and that's what you'll hear us talking about through the course of the weekend and we will be trying to go through as many of those classes as we can as the weekend unfolds 16 corners then Martin for these drivers to get themselves familiar with it is the uh, the cut the rather mickey mouse end of the track i think from 10 onwards which uh, is going to catch a lot of people out particularly down the hill from 13 14 and 15 before you turn into the the last right hander first part of the track nice and flowing actually and fast but quite a one-line racetrack i mean from the first corner there's a long front straight with a a reasonably quick corner coming onto it and what you need at the end of that, obviously, a la Tarzan at Zandvoort, is a very major stop. What we do have, though, is a not insubstantial break, but down a gear or two rather than three or four. And so you then carry into a right-hander and a left-hander and then a subsequent long right, which is all but impossible to overtake in. Passing point, though, at four, because when you come out of the long, left, uh, the long uh, right at three, underneath the bridge... The braking area into four is right up to the apex and you can 
get up into the inside there. Well, the main, also the main into one five. is the next corner. Down yeah. into the sharp downhill left-hander. That, that's the one that, that is more likely to see overtaking. And, in these, and Lappery as well. Yeah, and in these touring cars, it is you come up over the top of the, the rise, and even these GT cars, really, all you do is get to the apex there, deal with what you've got, and the exit opens out as you drop downhill. The, the, the left-hand... Uh, kink at six is not a corner whatsoever. Martin Short took us round as well after that lap that Joe and I recorded. We bumped into Shorty in the pit lane and he took us round. Mightily impressed. This was basically, these were uh, familiarisation laps in street cars, in road cars, and everyone had their higher cars out there, so we're not talking um, fast lappery, but mightily impressed with the Alpha Giulietta uh, GTD QV line that we have done the 1,600-odd miles so far from the Nürburgring, uh, from the UK to the Nürburgring down here. Uh, and Martin basically saying, really doesn't matter what line you go into five, you can get away with that. Seven and eight up the hill uh, to nine, easy to suck you in there and spit you out onto the old circuit. Well, let, let's go back to seven and eight, because mm. that's a sort of... Full course caution, by the way, at the moment. OK, I was just about to say... it's called. Yeah, uh, Oh, that's a 60 rather than a full yellow, which is what it says on the track. Yes. On the yeah, which is yellow, and code 60, I thought, was indicated by purple. Yes, it, it that's is. rather that's However, everybody is driving as if it is a code 60. Uh, it is a code 60, the flag's yes. out. Purple flags are out, so we're going to have to watch our timing screens carefully because they don't have a purple. There is, Although no, we'll such, assume, yeah. there is no such thing as, as, a purple. as a purple in the um, timing system that we're using this weekend. Yeah. So, uh, so it'll be full course yellow. Um, is a, yes. it, it says on the screen, but that, as far as Creventic organisation is concerned, yeah. is a purple flag, code 60. Everybody so if we get 60. a safety car, it will say safety it'll car. It'll still yes. say safety car. Right. Yes. Okay. And, and to the drivers, it'll still be indicated but, as a safety car board as well. So this is your own self-mandated safety car, if you like, and everybody then holds position. I do um, like this. I, I know that we've talked about this long uh, and hard in the past, but I do like this system. I don't think it's quite the finished article yet well it's so I, sensible you think oh. well why did nobody think of it before because it it basically seals everything in aspic and then the, releases it and nobody loses and nobody gains the, the other thing that it does is if a marshal needs to get to uh, a car quickly it's the quickest way to do it because mm. with a safety car you have to wait until everybody's formed the queue because the way the safety cars work is everybody's still at go like speed. the clappers yes. until we get onto the oh, okay now we're there um, yeah, absolutely. No, I agree with that. Whereas, if I you need to get a marshal um, intervention or a, a course car intervention, then this does. Slow it, it actually down does what, what a safety car is supposed to do, which is neutralise, but yes. immediately. And also, if you're trying to cross a road, as you say, they're only coming along the straight at 60 kilometres an hour, so 40 odd-ish miles an hour, and you can judge that the same way you would walking across the street in. You know, in, a, in an urban area, so you can judge that speed of approach. Whereas right. if it's a Mercedes that's doing a, a top speed of 185, 195 kilometres an hour down the straight here, it's much harder to judge just how quick it's going to get to you. The only the only disadvantage is you don't get the big caps, gaps between the cars that a safety car will give you two minutes after the tail's gone by. But that is the only disadvantage that I see. And, and Martin's point about the speed of the cars on the track and being able to be marshalled, shuffled to one side of the track or the other if you need to do some work. And the other point is, of course, that 60 is a maximum speed. It's not a minimum that you must hold to. And you can slow down, if indicated by the marshals, to, to move around as well. 
Well, whilst uh, we've got no action on the track, we'll come back to Martin's uh, other point earlier on. One or two cars coming into the pit lane, including the 33 Mercedes-Benz uh, at the moment. That's the SPS Automotive Performance car. Let's go down to Shea Adam in the pit lane. Charlie Putman, you got out of the Porsche, and we're saying track conditions are a little bit hairy out there. What's it like? Well, of course, it's wet. It's sort of that in-between true rain and in-between dry, so that's the worst time for us. When it's wet, we know it's wet. We just slow down. When it's sort of like this, you can't really slow down, but you can't really go fast either. But the track looks like it drains really good, so it, it should not be too big of a problem. You were just telling me that you've been racing a lot in Europe lately. Are you more used to these conditions now? Well, you know, we always sort of considered ourselves mutters back home. It seemed like we ended up at a lot of uh, rain races. But, yeah, the, the European guys, they really know how to handle the rain. And so I think the exposure has been good for us. How have the practices been so far? Well, pretty good for the most part. Uh, my co-driver, Charles Espenlaub, had us P1 in the 997 class uh, in the first practice session this morning, which was unofficial. And uh, right now, this is the first official practice session. I was P2 and didn't feel like I had a very good lap. So we're hopeful. The cars go running great, and uh, we're just having a lot of fun with it. That's all you can really ask for. It's a long race, and you and Charles have done 24-hour races together. So does that come as an advantage that you guys already sort of know how things work? Well, you know, I think about half of the drivers here have done a lot of endurance racing. That's what this series is all about. And, of course, Charles and I are endurance racers. That's what we hang our hat on. We've done a lot of sprint racing, too. But I love the camaraderie, the teamwork, the whole thing of endurance racing. And that's what I really focus on these days. So, yeah, I think we have a little advantage from some of the guys and that we don't get real excited. And I think back to that fun thing. I think the key is that at this point, that's why we're here. We're enjoying the race, and it's fun racing. And that's, that's why we like this series. Well, part of the fun comes in your livery, and we were just talking a little bit about that. It's the same as the GT3 Cup car that you run in the States, a giant American flag, you can't miss it. What's the story about how that developed? Well, we ran the uh, Blanc Pond Series here a couple of years ago, and the uh, team that we were running with, the Belgian team, came up with that artwork for us. They thought it was, was fun that we were all-American drivers, we should have an all-American car. And so they came up with that design for us. And since then, I've taken it home, put it on cars. It gets a lot of TV time. The announcers over there love it because uh, they like that theme and it looks good on TV. So when we decided we were coming back to Europe and we were going to go even further into the waters, so to speak, here in Europe, we said, let's take the livery with us. Uh, like for this weekend, we're running an all-American team. We have uh, Dave Russell, who's an American driver, Joe Foster, an American driver, Charles and myself. So it sort of fits us. It definitely fits you. Now, I have to ask, is it a GT America car or is it a GT3 Cup car? This is a GT3 Cup car, 3.8 liter motor. It is not the, the big dog. Perfect. Well, good luck this weekend. Oh, thank you. Thanks for being here. Love watching you guys and listening to you all. It's it's uh, it's a lot of fun. The coverage on this event, to me, is, is so much fun. I like recommending it to the friends that they dial in for a little bit and, and get a piece of what's going on here. You give a great feel to it. It's very kind. Uh, very kind of you to say thank you uh, the the car in question there was the uh, number 20 mrs gt racing a number of teams will have uh, a couple of cars so you'll see on the timing screens mrs gt racing one uh, it is a german team but as we heard they're all all us drivers charles putman charles espinard david russell and joe foster in a 991 cup car they uh, did i think run a gt america at the nurburgring 24 hours 
uh, those guys. Haven't worked out yet, Martin, and I don't know if you could see anything, no. why we've got the Code 60 at the moment. There's been a, a variety of movement around the Perry track, the yeah, circuit roads down a towards... a couple of rescue vehicles up on the outside of Turn 12, yes. but because the trees and the barriers are in the way, I can't see if there's anybody on the track side in the gravel area. No, I can't see anybody there. Uh, yeah. May have to stand on the table momentarily. I'd really, ho- really rather you didn't. Yeah, well, my laptop would really rather I didn't as well, so I may have to stand on a chair, see if I can look over the tree. Hashtag commentator problems. Mm. Oh, going to hit my head on the ceiling. Do you need the binoculars as well? If only we had a TV camera in here <laughs> right now. Uh, it is the Ram Racing car, so oh. half a second quicker. Goodness me, that's given me a... <laughs> everywhere, faster than everywhere else. Valkenhorst Motorsport with uh, BMW Z4 GT3 with uh, Henry Valkenhorst, uh, Matthias Henkeler and Chris Tiger. Uh, in that car, the three drivers I have here. Th- th- there'll be a few changes, and we will get full driver lineups from Creventic, um, certainly in time for the race tomorrow, but possibly even earlier than that. Third position, the number one sport, uh, 21 Sportec uh, Swiss entered uh, Lamborghini Huracan Super Trofeo. Uh, this is an SP2 car. That's what we're seeing about cars that kind of don't fit in. Uh, in other places. Now that car I think has just come into the pit lane at the moment. Is that the bright green one? Uh, no, there's another one that's just come into the pit lane. That's the 13. Oh, there one. are two. That's that's the, the, the matte black one is the one you're talking about. 13 is that that's the green one. Yeah. yeah. Christian Frankenhout and Michael Kroll, Roland Eggerman, Kenneth uh, Hyatt. Easy for you to say. Uh, no, sorry, that's a Hofer Racing Mercedes. I've got that wrong, haven't I? Where is that one? All oh, right, it's Jürgen Krebs, Oliver Dietzler, Freddie Bart, not yep. Freddie Barg, as it says uh, on the timing screens, and Renat Salikiov uh, in that car. Three Swiss and a Russian in the 13, that fantastically very Kermit Green uh, coloured car. Uh, the best of the 997s is the number 17 Ruffier Racing French entered 991 Cup car. Uh, Patrician Paul Lafarge, Gabriel Aubergel and uh, Dimitri Engelbert, uh, who, again, all of those names will be familiar to you if you've listened to our coverage in the past. SP3's top time at the moment is held by the number 43 car, uh, that being the APO Sport Porsche 997 Cup, but is a GT4 spec car. James May, no, not that one, along with Paul May, yes, that one, and Alex Osborne. And in A3T, Ivo Breukers has the Seat, the number number 101 car, uh, in the top position at the moment. That is the Red Camel Jordan.nl uh, Seat Leon Cup car that he shares uh, with. Uh, Rick Breukers, Milan Donce and uh, Siako Griffinen. Mm. We're <laughs> going to need some help with those, aren't doing we? well on you on that. Um, I apo- to all of our Dutch listeners, I apologise unres- un- unreservedly for, I'm sure, murdering some of those names. Um, SP2, you know, we've done that one class. Here, 3T, here, 6, 9, 9, 7, we've done... 
Uh, if five, I will give you in 24th position the 146 car. Uh, that's being what, he says. Jamie Morrow Thank in the you. Saxon Motorsports BMW 135 diesel GTR. Yes. And that's an a that's not in the diesel class. That is no. an A5, interestingly. Yeah. Saxon Motorsport are, again, doyens of this uh, sort of racing. Uh, SP2, SP2, SP3, A2. A3 A3. Sorry, Paul, go ahead. I'm uh, just saying, A2 you still need to do. Yes, A2, <laughs> thank you. Uh, A2 is, in that case, will be the number 115 car, which is the Team K Reicher uh, Peugeot RCZ. Jakob Christensen, Tom's brother, Jan Engelbrecht, Per Paulsen and Klaus Bertelsen. So uh, a lot of Danish interest there in a full mm-hmm. Dane crude car. And they have been class winners uh, in the past. Have you done D1? Uh, no, I haven't done okay, D1. I'm, I'm going for D1 and regretting it immediately. It's, it's the <laughs> all-Lithuanian Calcus Motorsport Volkswagen Golf. Thank you so much. Igoras Ivanovas, uh, Martianius Gignius, mm-hmm. no help from me here. Kastutis Vilkas and Sigatas Ambresivicius. There you go. Yes. Courtesy of my courtesy of my strongman, I'm I'm yes, moderately au fait with Lithuanians. Uh, and they are all the ones inside the top 46. Those are yes. all the class leaders. Oh, Those really? are all the class leaders. Where was Excellent. the D2 then? Uh, there is no D2. Ah, so there are all no, just there are no. D2. There is no D2 class. There are no D2 but runners. One of the advantages of being a diesel car is cues for the pump. Yes, because there's one diesel pump for three cars or four, or four cars. cars. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Whereas everybody else has to fight over one of four mm. petrol pumps. Um, and, and that's got to be an advantage as well. Just purely on, as we talked about uh, over lunch, how to win an endurance race is not to be stationary at any stage or as, at as few times as possible. Well, as long as you're quick enough on the track, obviously, that's the most important thing. Ah, now then. Our timing screen oh, is now showing good. a purple band. Thank so, you, timing. And again, you see, now this is getting back exactly to what we've been talking about with the organisers here. Somebody says, oh, couldn't we just do that? And they go, yeah, OK, all right, we'll get that sorted. And somebody obviously in the last five minutes, ten minutes now since we've had the full course yellow, <laughs> has gone, but it's not yellow. It doesn't match our flags, which are purple. Well, it does now because the timing people have created the new graphic to go on their timing system. Uh, into the pit lane arriving at some of the intervention crew in the Mercedes Vito uh, they have come back the circuit of Catalonia is um, we were we mentioned teams that aren't here and obviously our schoolboy humour is very disappointed that the bonk racing cars are not here however we do have www.circuitcat.com um, which is has nothing to do with the feline variety and everything to do with being in Catalonia here. But uh, that did make me giggle when I saw that uh, Vito come around. The Well, of course, the groundsman is very clear that there won't <laughs> be any on the track. You really have got to say that in bobsleigh this winter. I, I say it every winter. You just don't listen enough. No, I do. The course director is back in his uh, Nissan Duke, of which uh, looks like we've got, some, we've got two Nismo Dukes as the... Circuit safety cars here, not the Duke R's in Green fairness, flag. but very good. 
So the uh, cars are back. We never did quite work out where the cars are gone. What we can't see from our commentary position is corner 14, 15, that really unattractive new mm, Formula One chicane horrid, that's supposed horrid. to promote av uh, overtaking, which is where I sense actually the incident was. The other thing we can't see is as they go over the brow, you go right left into corner one and two. We can see that, but then three and four we can't see. You can see them as they return down towards the hairpin at turn five, the left-hander. So it was either three and four or 14, 15. Uh, where Rabbit has tweeted at Specky Tierman and at Martin Haven, uh, we've also got at Bradders3078, at Gearbox Girl, at Paul Trustwell, that's the full set. Uh, why? Uh, to, to answer Nick Holland, no, yeah. he's not one of the members of the Lithuanian crew. No, indeed. Uh, why is the 149RWT Corvette in SP2 the car is a Callaway built FIA GT3 car? Answer, I don't know, but I, in fact, it's just gone through underneath us i think that mm. car down towards turn one we, we've had corvettes in the past uh, that have been put into odd classes we've had an xgt1 car i think paul if i remember rightly that raced which, which raced in a6 at, yeah. uh, at dubai S sp2 is um is really for cars that don't belong anywhere else so i'm guessing that that corvette is not has had something done to it um and um the SP3, oh. funnily enough, is for the less powerful exceptional cars, whereas uh, SP2 is for the more powerful um, exceptional, exceptional cars. So it, it kind of goes counterintuitively a little bit there. SP2 is the more powerful ones, SP3 are the less powerful ones. So that Corvette is, I'm not going to say wrongly classified, it's correctly classified because it is an uh, exceptionally powerful 24-hour um, special. And uh, so for some reason, I think they've decided it's not a just comparable with the GT3s. Mm. Um, and uh, it will have to be subject to, come the race, minimum reference lap times of uh, either 1 minute 54, 1 minute 55 or 1 minute 56, depending on which uh, subcategory within that Ooh. it goes into. Uh, two incidents <laughs> in the petrol filling station area in front of us in quick succession for Jeremy Yiddish in the Scuderia Praha Ferrari coming into the final petrol pump he was faced by a very standard looking BMW Z4 pulling off its pump which I think was the 79 car no that's a 235 um, on the way out he spun the wheels up so much that he very nearly took out everyone who was standing next to it which is not going to endear him to the stewards because there is a 20 kilometre an hour speed limit mm. in there. You're not supposed to be firing it off there because, well, as we've already seen, one of the early pre-session start ah. callers has left fuel all over the place. I have an answer from Collective Wisdom. Uh, and thank you to Andy Lutz, uh, who has tweeted, the VET isn't a GT3. It's the old Gutroff car from the Nürburgring 24, although it does have GT3 Aero on it. Ah. There Is, we are. Was that not the Gutroff, Gutroff Barley special? Scotchio. Yeah. 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 Halfway the, through the session. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for <laughs> Says a plaintive voice. <laughs> Bringing us back on track. I uh, haven't heard much uh, from Shea Adam for a little while. Things getting back to normal. Shea, you all right down there in the pit lane? Hello, Shea. Now, enough. she may be undergoing a transformation in the way of the doctor oh, yes. to become somebody rounder and shorter yes and, and more, more bitten. northern and more bitten Indo much more bitten 
covered in love bites he is. Yeah. The locals love him, Sid. <laughs> the locals haven't been able to keep themselves away from him. Haven't been e- able to keep their probosi out of him. That's absolutely true. Uh, the great addition a few years ago in this series of every car in all of their races having the LED light panels means that I can tell you without even looking at the screen that the Hofer Racing Mercedes-Benz in 27th position overall uh, overall yes mm. um, well at least it was when it came in the pit lane Ram Racing back in the pit Paul White at the wheel of that car now their flashing light panels are not in the side window of the SLS because it's clearly too full or mm. too small or non-existent. Well, it's only got the side window it, beside the driver, yeah. So all the SLSs have them in the rear window, which is next to useless. Well, I can see that all right. Yes, that's because we're 60 feet up in the air. Well, that's who the four, they're for us. Remember that. <laughs> they're not. Uh, However, I do like the fact that they have mandated numbers on the roof because yeah. fans in grandstands can read those. Yeah, and also has come the 33 Mercedes-Benz, which is going to confuse me immensely because that is a very similar coloured car to the it's 30 identical. car. It's the SPS yeah. International. Correct. Yeah. It's an identical blue and silver car. Which that's, is that's a good. That's got a good lineup. Lance David yeah. Arnold, Alex Muller, Tim Muller, and Valentin Pierberg. Yeah, it's Valentin Pierberg who is shown in the car at the moment. Oh, sure, Joe, you are shorter, Joe. Uh, Bradley, at Joe Bradley, or at Shorter, the fans love him, uh, <laughs> has not transformed into Shea Adam, as you can probably just about make out on microphones, he's cackling at the back of the booth. We're uh, um, just, again, looking at the times, we haven't really mentioned the times themselves, 2 minutes 10, the fastest lap time we've had thus far in this session, in the first half of it. Um, as you say, Paul White at the wheel of the Ram Racing Mercedes at the moment. They've said they weren't going for times, but nevertheless, they're still going faster than anybody else. Um, but that's about 20 seconds off the fastest time that we saw in the private test session this morning. So an indication, really, of how wet the track is. And I tell you, I was out in it. It was absolutely bucketing down for a good 20 minutes. Um, so although we heard from Joe Foster that the uh, track drained well, uh, I do think it is going to take some time before we go dry. Well, let's say from Shea Adam down in the pit lane. And uh, now I realise that I can't preferred her and do something else on the desk at the same time. I managed to cut her off for the last 10 minutes. So, Shea, sorry about that. What's the weather doing at the moment? Is it still drizzling? Um, no, actually. It's almost stopped. It looks like it's drizzling if you stand underneath the pit box because the garage is nice enough to have an overhang that drops water down right in the middle of everyone's pit boxes. So it's made some driver changes pretty fun, actually. Um, But just a couple of notes for you guys. The D1 class leader was actually completely rebuilt last night because the crew said after a bit of an off, that wasn't really that bad for the driver. Yeah, we'll see about that. Uh, The car was gonna be withdrawn, but they somehow managed to find the parts for it. And that's a Volkswagen. So wonder if maybe there's a little golf boat in a parking lot somewhere missing some essentials. Um, but other than that, another interesting note was the number three Walkinshaw BMW. They've actually got a factory driver with them this weekend in the form of Yang Sligman. And a little bit of factory support in terms of uh, mechanics and engineers. But one of the BMW engineers was standing by checking the 
phone to see the data from the car. They actually had the telemetry sent to his iPhone, which was pretty interesting. Doing things a little bit differently down here, but so far I like it. No, I like it a lot. Thank you, Shane. Sorry uh, for my technical incompetence. Uh, Shane, at the moment, underneath the disco light, three, four pits in uh, to the pit lane. And she'll be in the lane for another 24 and a half minutes, and then we'll take about a half an hour break before we come back for qualifying. Stay with us throughout the evening for the two qualifying sessions, and then we're straight into the race tomorrow. A new fastest time, Martin, would suggest perhaps that there's uh, a little bit of a drier line, at least, out there. It is drier. Um, I was going to make the facetious comment when Paul was talking about times, um, without you. without engaging brain, that nobody had gone quicker for about the last 15 or 20 minutes. Well, they wouldn't under a code 60. But as soon as they've been released, now there are a slew of quicker times coming in. But that is uh, a 2.08.4, which is a second and a half inside what anybody had done before, um, which is the Scuderia, Scuderia Praha car, and that was Peter Cox. Uh, you would expect to go quickly. Uh, sharing that car with Matteo Malucelli, as well as Jaromir Jirik and Yuri Pazlik. So last year's, last year's winners, yeah. <coughs> of course, in the uh, Barcelona 24 hours. A, a good car and with a good driver lineup of, of quick pros with the gentleman drivers. Johannes Kwaglik, uh, uh, Jaromir Jishik, Jishik, apparently is how we say it. Jishik? Jaromir Jishik. Um, thank you. Uh, hello to Tony Dezino, who's listening in. Presumably, Tony, you're back in the USA at the moment. And to uh, Fiona Miller as well. The Fragrant One will be getting ready for the ELMS this weekend over at Paul Ricard. Uh, Bruce Jones and Johnny Palmer en route to the south of France, even as we speak, to bring you that race live on Sunday. Times work out pretty well this weekend because just as we're finishing this race and coming off air it'll be the time for the countdown to green with Johnny and Bruce before you get the whole of the four hours so tell the family that you uh, aren't available uh, for most of this weekend and good luck with that by the way <laughs> uh, lots of quicker laps coming in now uh, once again Peter Cox has just crossed the line Last lap was a 208.4, this lap a 203.8. Wow. Uh, so he is very firmly up to speed. Up to second quickest is the HB Racing Team Herbert Porsche 997. That's car number seven, Daniel Alleman, uh, Herbert Handloss, Alfred Renauer, and currently at the wheel is Ralph Bone. He's just been pushed down to third by the Onslow, Tom Onslow Cole. And the number 30 car uh, has gone second quickest with the quickest lap bot for that car by six seconds and suddenly it's all going Pete Tong at the top of the pile it's going it's, uh, it's going everybody very quickly now oh, four abreast in front of us there with at least three different classes of car going underneath us BMW Seat Renault Clio and I think a Porsche as well but yep. I kind of winced so much that I closed my eyes uh, waiting for it all to go horribly uh, wrong there um, Daniel Alleman any relation to Cindy Alleman the Good question. family in the States racing family in the States 
well, I'm not sure. Cindy Alleman is Swiss, isn't she? Uh, uh, sorry, Swiss. Um, I've, I've said I've got the states on my mind with uh, Tony. Well, there is, also, there is also a, a bobsledding Alleman who I, I don't know. Daniel Alleman is Swiss, but then, you know, you might get lots of English Smiths. Yeah, true. It's, it's not as distinctive a name as Onslow, so... One of our... Uh, Long-time listeners and interviewees from the Nürburgring 24 Hours is down in the pit lane with Shea Adam now. Shea. The last time I talked to you, Peter Lemus, was the other side of the world during a little 12-hour race that you're familiar with in Bathurst. Now we're at a 24-hour race, and you've decided that's not enough. You want to drive two cars this weekend. What was the thinking behind that? Uh, at this stage, we, uh, we're, I'm leading the championship at the moment, so that's part of it. So we're trying to trying to hedge our bets a little bit. So I'll, draw, I'll drive both cars and then uh, hopefully one of them we can bring to a win or to the podium. So that's the that's the idea. So um, and be interested to see what this week, how the weekend pans out with this weather. So and right now it's sort of not wet and not dry. So it's a little bit difficult. So yeah, I wish we had intermediates. <laughs> Have you been out in this session already? Yeah, I just went out in the first session, but uh, a lot of people wanted to go stone hunting. So they were in the gravel a lot. So. Um, well, I did two laps on code 60, so it's not very exciting. So, but I'll go, I'll go back out later, so I'll qualify the car later. So it'll be all right. Which one, the Ford or the Mazda? Uh, the Ford. I'll do the Ford. Uh, maybe both. I don't know yet, but uh, I'd say the Ford at this stage. Yeah. The Mazda's in here being fixed. Where was it that it had an incident? Uh, I'm not sure where it happened, but he ran into the, one of the smaller cars, just uh, outbraked himself, and it was just one of those things so uh, and we got a great team so they just put things together it's amazing what they do so put things together cars just about together i think they'll throw a driver in in a minute and they've got a good driver line up in their car so it should be uh, it'll be fine so better happens now than later very true thank you peter okay thank you thank you Shep. shout him down in the pit and peter in two cars there gives us a perfect opportunity to talk about the regulations paul uh, regarding jumping in and out of, of cars, it's a two-hour maximum. It doesn't, doesn't matter how long your car will go. If, you, if you've got a diesel and it's extremely frugal on fuel, you can't do more than two hours from the time that you leave the pit lane to the time you come back in to the petrol pump or the pit lane area. And th- you've got to have a specific amount of time out of the car before you can get back in again. Yes, that's a bit complicated because it's two-thirds of the time you spent in the car is then your minimum rest period. Um, so that I, I suppose it's simplish, simple-ish to work out for each individual driver. It's much more difficult for us to keep track of um, because it's different for each person, of course, how uh, long their um, two-thirds is. So... It's um, um, yeah. Sorry, that was me making a background noise. Um, so <laughs> that may be the quote of the weekend so far. That Paul, <laughs> I'll um, move on. But there is nothing to stop you jumping or even walking from one car to another. Uh, but you're only allowed a maximum of two cars. You can't uh, spread yourself that okay. any more thinly than two. So a maximum of two cars uh, for any one driver. Maximum of five drivers in any one car, and, and a minimum of two. I have the obvious question. What happens if your cars finish first and second? Do you get points for both or only for the it's better? It's happened before. Or only for the better result? Um, now, there is a clarification which has been issued, which is in the pile here. Um, Bernd Schneider stood on two steps of the podium at uh, 
at Dubai a couple of years ago. The other thing while Paul's looking that up that is slightly different from the past is to get points, you must spend 10% of the race in the car. Of the of the time that your car has done in Correct. the race. Not of the entire race time, but of your car's race time. Paul has the answer, which well, it's is... the same time for the car... Yeah, if your car drops out race. 18 hours or not, it still gets time through the 24. Yes. Um, and the, the race is 24 hours no matter what, so it's, it, it, it's time rather than number of laps. Yes. Um, the, the answer on if you are driving in two cars in the same class, you can only receive points for one car in that class. However, some drivers drive in two cars in different classes, uh, and in that case you receive points for both classes, except in the overall ranking, because uh, saying earlier on, there is a um, uh, there are overall oh. uh, points as well as um, class points and if you're uh, competing in for overall points then you're only allowed to score points for one of the cars so it does all get very complicated Uh, there's some very good um, articles on the uh, 24hseries.com website which tells you all about it as well so that's Mm. uh, uh, something for you to uh, go and have a look up if uh, you know if if you're sort of thinking oh I wish Paul would tell us a bit more Um, I'm not going to because it bores everybody else John I don't think that's true (laughs) Uh, 20 uh, sorry 15 minutes left to go the Leipert uh, Motorsport Lamborghini Huracan uh, has just laid down the biggest smoke trail from 10 all the way through to the end of the lap. Indeed, it's in the pit lane now, mm. and oh, the smoke's just stopped. So I think he's cut the engine yes. and is cruising in. <laughs> Shea Adam is down in the pit lane. Does it smell smoky? Does it smell like gearbox oil? What is it, Shea Adam? Definitely something smoky for sure. I've sort of made my way halfway down, but I can see a plume of smoke. And ooh, something is not working the way it's supposed to, John. I can tell you that for sure. I'll go down and check it out. Yes, the Urukan with the V10. Uh, Minimum driving time then is 144 minutes. Yes. Which is just over the two-hour stint. Because that's 10% of 24 hours in minutes. Oh, I see. Sorry, the, the minimal overall yeah, driving the, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Which yep, is yep, ju- yep. which is just more, of course, than one two-hour stint. It's, you know, it's an, uh, which would make it 120 minutes. Yes. So you've got it's, to get into. So you've got to do one stint plus 24 minutes. Yes, exactly. To get it scored for points. Although generally, I think with uh, the the nature of Creventic organised races, is that there there isn't the minimum is is because. The, the driver, because I mean, the drivers actually want to drive the cars, yes. and mm. um, you know it's more keeping the pro happy. Um, and if the uh, if the rest of the team are enjoying doing what they're doing, then it's quite there's quite a good chance that you'll get um, the um, the pro driver doing less of the race. But uh, the other thing is that the organisers reserve the right to, on a per car basis. Um, put maximums on particular drivers oh. um, and particularly for example with Jens Klinsmann arriving as uh, Shay was just telling us uh, at the wheel of that uh, BMW um, for the Valkenhorst motorsport team um, they, the organisers as I say reserve the right just to say to them well look just to keep things fair, limit what Klingman uh, drives to let's say six hours or, or some such um, 
but that'll be done on a case-by-case basis um, and as I say really just to keep the competition fair um, there aren't specific rules uh, as we have in WEC racing for example where it's limited according to what your grading is and what class you're running in uh, and I find that kind of sensible as well it's all done on the basis of uh, just trying to keep things happy uh, and also Creventic have always said have they not uh, and and asked us to make clear that if any of their teams, drivers, entrants, team managers have an issue, don't strop off to the back of the pits and grumble about it to everybody over dinner. Come and have a word with us. Yeah, come and grumble to us. Yes, come. On, yes, actually, Martin, yes, absolutely. Well, absolutely, because that's how it gets solved. Uh, and let's see if we can come to some arrangement that makes everybody a bit happier. Because, as we keep saying, the organising body here is very different from most places that you will go and race and their idea is not to have grumpy people in the paddock they want smiling faces I, I want to see them adopting the motto which is the way that they work which the answer is yes now what's the question <laughs> because that is you know that as you're right you that's the way they do it uh, incidentally Optimum Motorsport have just moved up into 17th place Geneta, by any chance? one of the lady drivers in the field Flick Haig oh Flick's uh, here is she yep uh, having said that, she's now they've now moved in a different direction. They've gone another way with that. They've gone another way. How many BBC of them? Uh, Nick Damon is now giggling somewhere. Uh, for whom there is... Bitter laughter. A, whilst you're looking that up, Martin, a, yes. a ladies' cup, uh, in addition to all the other um, cups and classes and awards, um, there is a driver's ladies' cup... Um, which Chantelle Kroll is currently leading. From Sarah Tonyuti. Uh, yes, indeed, by 34 points. Uh, Flick, the aforementioned Flick here is in fourth position behind Lisette Branche, who was, of course, one of the racing divas and now has got her own team. I wonder if she's uh, running with Sorgren Sport no, again. No, she's, uh, she's not here. Um, is she not? she's not well. Oh, no. Um, and, uh, well, Lisette, we hope you're feeling a little better. Yes, I'm not quite sure what uh, that... Uh, well, she's, she, is. she is currently uh, in remission from cancer, yeah. so she's uh, she's had a lot of treatment, but she I think that Lisette hopes to be racing, maybe not in this series, but she's going to try and get back into the car in Dutch Supercar Challenge or in the FIA GT4 series rather before the end of the year. So Chantal Kroll, one of, in fact, the only person in that Ladies' Cup who've done all rounds this year. Uh, and the car in question is the number 10 Hoffa Racing Mercedes, which mm. won at either Zandvoort or Mugello. Um, uh, it Zandvoort uh, had got 18 points, or she yes. did. So Zand I, pres- Zandvoort, yes. I presume that was the that was the uh, three plus nine, wasn't it? Of course, yeah. there. That was Le Mans Test weekend. Let's uh, head down to Sheer Adam, who has caught up with the smoking Lamborghini. Joseph Krebs, you said there's uh, nothing wrong with your car. The smoke was not a big issue. No, it was not an hour car. It's all fine. Thank you. You're running to get off in the car. I'll chat with you later. Yeah, apparently it wasn't this Lamborghini, but when the other one came in and did its pit stop, it was only in for a few seconds, so not entirely sure where the smoke came from. Hmm, hang on. Hmm, <laughs> let's see then where that car has got to. It, it could have been something just um, leaking out for a moment, 
Um, yeah, overfilled, but it was overfilled. It was lo a lot of white smoke, which is either oil from the inside of an exhaust or on an exhaust, I would have thought. Yeah, and there is a secondary line where he came in. That there's a, the original line of fuel where the Seat spilt it earlier on, but there is a secondary line that's into that that pit. Although, having said that, it could have lost something like an oil union or something like that. <coughs> Handoff speaks of what he knows, uh, which can do that sort of thing on the front of an engine. Uh, just spray a lot of white smoke everywhere. The driver of that car would have been watching very carefully, well, hopefully would have been watching very carefully on the oil gauges. And if you've still got oil pressure, then... You know, bringing it back's not always the worst thing to do. Into the pit lane, the 208 Peugeot, the Ultran car. They've run those cars, or run some form of Peugeot's for quite some time. And don't we have the head of Peugeot and Citroën here this weekend, Mr Tavares? One of... One of driving this weekend. One of two Ultran uh, mm. cars, John, 205 and 208 being the two 208 Peugeot GTIs. Uh, we've got a uh, Ram racing back to the top of the timing screens. Uh, no longer is it the Ferrari, um, which has uh, since vacated Peter Cox, and Matteo Malicelli is uh, back at the wheel of that. I think Martin might have told us that. But Thomas Jaeger is yeah. now the fastest of all at the wheel of the Ram racing Mercedes. Two they're getting ready to put Renger for the Ram racing Mercedes. So it's uh, Mercedes at the top, Ferrari second. Uh, Ferrari still to win a race this year, although they, of course, uh, as I said earlier, came to this one uh, second, uh, having won last year. Uh, now it's a Mercedes 1-2 because uh, Christian Frankenhut has just made his car the Hoffer Racing Mercedes second fastest with a 2 minutes 2.179. Uh, and then fourth fastest is Mercedes. It is a Porsche in the shape of the uh, number seven Scooter, uh, sorry, the number seven HP Racing Team Herbert car, which Alfred Renauer has just put up into fifth place. And a further improvement for the number 33 Mercedes SLS, the SPS Automotive Performance car. Uh, and that is which Muller at the wheel of it. Can't tell, unfortunately. No. But um, it is our first sub two minute lap. So we're starting now to actually get down towards where, well, actually not where one, we should one, be in the dry. 150 is where we should yes, be in the dry. So. We're within 10 seconds of what they expect to be the ultimate fast lap times. Uh, it's RadioLeMond.com live from Catalonia and the Barcelona circuit is alive to the sound of GTs and sports racing cars with the Hankook 24 hours at Barcelona this weekend here as part of the Creventic International Endurance Series now an FIA sanctioned championship and with uh, just on six minutes to go it's Martin Haven, Paul Truswell, me John Hindhoff Shea Adam in the pit lane, the 13 car back into the pits, having not smoked its way in, it's the, the driver was Salikov that time around, that's Rinat Salikov, the Russian driver amongst the three Swiss, they're having a look at it. 
didn't look like it had a problem when it came in. It looks like a driver change it, as well. It didn't come in looking like Thomas the Tank Engine on a steep uphill grade, which is what it did the, the time before. <laughs> and it's not that steep an uphill grade. Faster time again now from... I'm, I'm going to say it now and get it out of my system. Jürgen Klinsmann. Jens. By which I mean Jens Klingmann in the number three Valkenhorst <laughs> uh, Motorsports BMW Z4. And that has just been beaten Usurped. by three seconds by either Alex Muller or Tim Muller, we can't tell which, who's now down to a 155.2 in that number 33 Mercedes. Alex, I'm saying that. I, I would say two, yes. So last few minutes, I think what we might be seeing is one or two of the teams now, certainly Ram Racing were doing it, just uh, getting their qualifying drivers into the cars. Renge van der Schande was getting ready to jump into their car down in the pit lane. Let's have a quick look at some of the times from the other classes. And what we haven't got here which we've had in the past, which is going to annoy me intensely, is a note of where people are in class on the timing screen. So there's no way of saying where people are other than counting each individual class, which in a field this big is a bit of a pain. That's not very good, is it? It could be long and hard. Yeah, so the first 997 car uh, is the Porsche, of course. Ah, that's what that came up as. I wondered what that channel was going to be. It is the 47 Porsche 997. That is the B2F competition. Benoit Fretin entered French machine. So we've got a car off at that's turn number five. Turn five yeah. And that is our Seika. Sakia. No, it's not. It's in the ER, isn't it? Is it? It is ER, yes. Ah, okay. Yeah, so. You're right, then. Uh, I guess... That's a diesel-engine prototype, isn't you, it? You doubted it in some way? Well, that wouldn't be unique, would it? No. Thinking about the US. A self-built, well, and uh, Audi. Uh, the yeah. Nissan pickup truck is there. Taking a long time to get that car moved. I wonder if it's got something broken rather than just having come to a stop. I was going to say without fire, but without compression or ignition, clearly on that machine it has and they're trying to pull it backwards off the track well um, it's moving which means obviously they're not trying to push it forwards into the track because they're pulling it back onto the run-up area but yeah the Seiko GT TDI of uh, Hank Tyson uh, Monny Krant and Ton Verkeelen so uh, entered by Hank Tyson with the Jordan's NL team and Hank Tyson races a non-diesel engine Seiko in the Dutch Supercar Challenge, so he's obviously very experienced. I wonder whether he is involved in some way in the construction and manufacture mm. of the Seiko kit car. It's uh, off at turn 10, isn't it? The Five. Ah, oh, that's 10? I'm pretty sure it's uh, 10, yes. I, yes, I think... can just see the uh, uh, end of the incident down oh, here. Oh, I can see some taillights, yeah, yes. underneath the grandstand. Yes, you can, yes. Good okay, point. well done, Paul. Yes, mm -hmm. that because that's the runoff road as well. Good spot. Um, running through the uh, other classes, SP2 is led by one of the GC automobile cars. This is one of the GC10s, which confusingly are a V8. Frankly, only Provost is coming through to that. 
that's SP2 leader. SP3 is a little further up the field in seventh position. That's a very good effort indeed Bradley by Bradley Ellis, Ellis in the yeah. 163. Now, I'm presuming that that is... That's the Optimum Motorsport Ginetta. Ginetta, yeah, yeah. yes. And, and it's all British GT driver crewed as well. And that is the G55 GT4 car. With the exception of Flick Haig, who has not yet made a debut in British GT. I can't imagine it's going to be that far away there if she's here racing a car with those guys. Lovely car for these kind of events. I, I do think that the next big in set of interest in these types of uh, this type of long endurance race extended ex endurance race will be gt4 paul uh, i was just going to help you with the uh, next of the class leaders being the uh, 25th place overall car number 101 uh, which is the evo broikers uh, driven uh, sayat uh, in the a3t class well now with milan doncha uh, A3T, T. And, that, and there's a 1-2 there because the 111 car is right behind them. So, uh, and the, the 111 being the Motorsport Development Seat Euro Cup racer. Now on our entry list, talking about the Seats in the in the A3T, we've got a Seat Leon Cup racer mm -hmm. or two, a Seat Leon Super Cobra, Seat Leon Evo 24H, yeah, and a Seat Euro Cup LR. The 24H is a car that has had a little modification done for the longer races. To her, as the checkered flag so, is so out. So we've people. got Cup Racer, Super Copa, Evo 24, and Euro Cup LR. No Boco Negre. I'm very disappointed at that. Mm. They are a great car for this, yes. and and the new we we've got one of the brand new ones. I can't remember which one that is now, but I think it's. Well, we've got there's a couple of Euro Cup LRs. Yeah, I think they're uh, they're the new brand well, new ones for next year. I defy anybody to tell the difference from more than three inches away though, because they're all so. The, the aero kits are distinctively different, but you've got to see them side by side to to spot the difference. They are proper proper racing cars, yeah. um, and you know, it wasn't that long ago that the early versions were racing supporting the British Touring Car Championship, which I remember very well. Capricorn Racing have got a Seat Leon Supercorpa, which, you know, was the absolute car to have not so very long ago. It looks like a street car in comparison to the bewinged monsters and the diffusers underneath the rear valance of some of the more modern varieties and more well-developed varieties of those Seat Leons are huge. Now, we've got a line for fuel in the petrol station, as the check flag went out a couple of moments ago. I was going to say exactly that. That's drivers who have completed their last lap and coming in to fuel up as the session comes to an end. So, just at the end there, last few moments with 17, 18 laps completed for the guys at the front of the field there must have been more than that that must have been when the fast lap was put in was it so oh no maybe not the 19 laps i think is the most i can see mm. on the top part of the the field so it is the 33 car then that uh, has topped the times here in changeable conditions for sps automotive performance the mercedes-benz sls now what can they do in qualifying that is the big question, and it will be the big bangers that are out first. 
SP2, 997 and A6. Uh, and then we'll have the rest of the classes afterwards. That is just under half an hour away. So stay tuned for that. Thanks to Shea Adam down in the pit lane. To Martin Haven and to Paul Trustwell. I'm John Hindorf and we'll be back with more from the FIA International Endurance Series powered by Hankook. It's the 24 hours of Barcelona and it is qualifying next. It'll be live here on RadioLeMond.com. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.